We're on a mission from God. And now for something completely different. Hello, this is Pastor Matt Youngblood Clark from Ascension Lutheran Church in beautiful South St. Louis. And this is Pastor Jolly John Lukomsky. And, and frankly, Matt, I have no idea where I am. <laughs> <laughs> you know, now that I'm retired, I'm, I'm kind of a wanderlust and, and uh, a wandering Aramean, as it says in the Bible. So at this point, I don't know where I'm coming from, but I'm here with you and with all of our listeners on... Wrestling, wrestling with, with the, basics. the basics. Okay. You're a rambling Matt. man, John. A rambling and, and, man. You know, for our listeners, we're, we're not in our usual studio with the one bare light bulb at KFUO that they provide for us. But <laughs> That's we're, right. you know, really, you know, we're on the internet, but we've got our little home studio set up and uh, off we go. So you can be anywhere doing anything. And so here's the thing, though. I'm glad you mentioned that because. Matt and I, after a whole year, or actually maybe a year and a couple of months, we actually got to see each other in person because we had both come to the uh, uh, station there in St. Louis, there in Kirkwood, to do their share uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, and here's Matt, what tickled me. You know, people looked at me, having not seen me for over a year, and they said, you've lost weight. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Because apparently I have a fat-sounding voice. Do you think my voice sounds fat? <laughs> fat sounding. I don't know. Maybe it's the jolly name. Do you think that's what it is? I, the the I, jolly I guess, moniker, you know, jolly old Saint Nick and the jolly, you know, belly yeah. of jelly and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> I don't know. Because you're right. I, I do get that when people meet me in person, having heard me on the radio, they, they often say, "You, you don't look as fat as I thought you would." Um, <laughs> And, and of course, it as a compliment, John. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I used to be, I used to be overweight. Uh, and, and we've talked about some of my weight loss hints. I have another one for you, by the way. Okay. Uh, uh, if you want to lose weight, and I lost 10 pounds literally in a week's time, and I've kept it off since then by having a massive heart attack. <laughs> All right. So I don't necessarily recommend that. But it, it, it's a good way to lose. Well, not a good way, but it, you do lose weight. There's it no is doubt. a way to lose weight. <laughs> yes. Yes. Having major uh, open heart surgery will, will do that to you. Um, although here's the thing. So, so we, we were up in Minnesota uh, taking our walks because now, as I, well, I did that before. But, of course, we're even more aggressive at that exercise, trying to keep in health. So I'm walking down the street, and I see other people walking towards me, and they're carrying weights in their hand, Matt. They've got weights. They're carrying weights with them. And I'm thinking, well, why did I bother to lose weight? <laughs> I should have just kept the weight, and then it would have made my exercise apparently more effective. <laughs> you know, it's with you wherever you go. You know, you know, I could forget it. Yeah. At home. You don't have to buy anything extra. <laughs> That's the money that you would save. So if you're thinking about losing weight, think about that, because then you'll end up just having to carry weights around with you, apparently, oh, yeah, when you people, go walking. People wear those jackets that add weight, you know, oh, like, <laughs> you know, you've got it right again. there with you, John. Yeah, yeah. So uh, anyway, enough about me, Matt. What, what in the world do you want to talk about today? Oh, boy. Yeah, well, see, what, what happened to me, John? Does um, my voice sound fat? Yeah. <laughs> 
I'm sorry. What happened to you? No, you sound lean and mean on the radio. Thank you. Uh, All right. Oh boy! No, it was good to be reunited with you. By the way, and that was it was it was fun to, it was fun to see everybody. And I, I think yeah. there's a picture of us reunited on KFUO's Facebook page somewhere. Oh, so, uh, cool! So go check, check that out. out yeah. Um, no, so you, you had asked me uh, before we were on the air, before we were recording, uh, what scripture we're looking at, and I told you Second Chronicles 34, and your response was, "What in the world?" <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. Focus on Second Chronicles 34. <laughs> uh, good question. So what, what happened was, John, I'll be honest with you, uh, we are restoring, uh, doing work on our church sanctuary here at Ascension. Oh, cool. And so especially in the chancel, so that's the, the front of the church where the altar's at and the other, the lectern and pulpit and those items, we have uh, scaffolding up. Uh, we have scaffolding up from floor to ceiling. So this is going almost three stories high, the scaffolding. So, I mean, it is, it's, it's a big deal. It took two and a half so, days just to put so it So do you, do you, do you climb to the top of the scaffolding when you preach then? Is that well, the see, deal? Or? You're not the first person to, to, to suggest that, you know, I was thinking, you know, Ascension Day, that would be appropriate maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not what it's there for, John. Okay. So. <laughs> as tempting as it sounds. Um, so anyway, so that, that's all fine and good. And, you know, it's something to celebrate. We're being able to restore our sanctuary. Thanks be to God for that opportunity. Uh, but then the, the thing of it is, when do you do this? Because the scaffolding is going to be up for three, four weeks. So when do you do it? Well, you know, do you do it? Uh, do you do it? Well, you want to avoid Holy Week, right? You don't want it on Sunday and Easter Sunday and Good Friday. And then could you could do it on Pentecost because as we said last week, nobody cares about Pentecost. You could put anyway. a dove even up there. Yeah. Who knows? There's possibilities. Yeah. yeah. Uh Pentecost, yeah, that might be overlooked. Uh, so yeah, maybe that's an option. And then the summer we had some weddings. You know, no one wants scaffolding. Oh my in their wedding no, no, no. Right? That's not gonna fly. So what happened was uh where when we had to do it was we waited till after Easter, but then it conflicted with another event here at Ascension. Ugh confirmation john oh that's right too yeah. sure so which is unfortunate uh and here at ascension we have like many congregations every year we take a confirmation photograph we have the professional photographer come in and uh, the, <laughs> this, this the confirm ads are in front of the chancel right so we've yep. got we've got 80 years of pictures with students in front of the chancel what do you do this year okay um so i thought well if we're gonna have scaffolding on confirmation sunday Let's let's not ignore it. Let's use it as a, a sermon illustration, an object lesson, a really big object lesson, right? Uh, and let's let's talk about that. So what I went to is we're doing our restoration project uh, was to Second Chronicles thirty four. All right, which we'll get to. Um, but but just a little background, John. Our, our church is eighty years old. The building's eighty years old. Um, so this is we're, we're we're really truly trying to restore it. So it's not. Let's say a renovation, because there's sort of a difference, right? Renovation is, you know, everything's yeah. brand new. You can totally redo a, a, a room or a kitchen, and it could look totally different. So we're trying to restore things. So this is restoring what had once been there, right, uh, to restore it and in, to its original luster. Uh, because after 80 years of dust and soot and <laughs> wear and tear, uh, you know, it, we need a little restoring. Um, that's just the way it is. Uh, You're so not talking about me now. You're I'm not, not making any hints about me that I need some restoration. 
I'm not are naming getting, names, John. You, okay, I didn't know if you were leading up this. This was an intervention and said, you know, John, maybe you need to get restored. No, 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 no. We're just, okay. we're just, talking, about, we're just right. talking about the church. The church. No, that's okay, it. That's right. it. Um, so okay. after 80 years of all that, it is time to to do some restoring. And and in our restoring, we're, we're trying to do exactly that, to, to go back to some of the original things, which is kind of neat. Uh, so we're looking at some of those old confirmation pictures and what does the chancel look like in the background? And, you know, why did they put carpet in, in the 1960s? What it used to be a hard surface, stone hmm. surface. And uh, the light fixtures, they've changed too. You know, can we go back to the original light fixtures? Those were pretty cool. Um, so we really are trying to, to restore what, what it looked like in, in the 1940s. Um, so, uh, what does that have to do with second Chronicles, right? Uh, second Chronicles 34 is one of two places in the Bible where we have this same restoration story, the same restoration account. And the restoration account isn't of just some house that's being restored or some, some, some basement that's restored. Uh, but it's, it's the <laughs> Lord's house that's restored. Yeah, that's in that's in Second Chronicles thirty six, isn't it? Where they restore the basement. <laughs> yeah, the, the man cave, I think, is, is yeah, what it is in the Hebrew yeah, original. That's language. right. Josiah's man cave was restored, but first, of course, the temple. The temple. The temple, the temple first. The, temple. Yes. the Lord's yeah. house. So, yeah. so here to kind of set the scene before we read. Um, at this point, the temple is is how many years old? Do you think, John? Any guesses? I I, I have no idea, but so, I noticed that Josiah had reigned for thirty one years in Jerusalem, so I'm thinking quite quite a while, probably. Yeah. So we're so yeah. So Solomon, of course, uh, builds the temple with uh, David, his father's help, who kind of set things up for him. Uh, but Solomon's there to dedicate the temple, and we're talking a couple hundred years, almost three hundred years. Oh my! Wow! Wow! So it's it's older than our church here at Ascension. It's a, it's it's a it's few centuries old at this point. Uh, but the, the t- passage of time wasn't the problem. That's not why the, the temple was in disrepair. It was in disrepair because there was this, this string of unfaithful kings, uh, kings that did not worship the Lord, that didn't worship Yahweh. Instead, they were worshiping other false gods. And so the temple falls into disrepair. And even worse, uh, false gods, idols, statues were even set up in the Lord's house. In oh the my temple. goodness! Wow, I know how I know how terrible is that, and so it needs some restoring, big time. And Josiah is the one who does it. So God raises up Josiah, this king here in Judah, and what we're about to hear is that restoration account of the temple under the leadership of Josiah. So let's let's hit some of the highlights. That's a long chapter. Let's try to hit some of the highlights, John, as we look at this okay, man. restoration project. So if you want to read but, verses... Yeah, go can, ahead. Can I ask you one question sure. before we go on? You so I know you, you have a really cool practice of giving your confirmants like a special object or something. Did you give them little scaffolds this year? <laughs> You know, I, I let them, uh, I, I was going to just let them each take a piece of the scaffolding off oh, and then oh, take it cool. home with them. But then I knew the workmen were coming back Monday morning, so <laughs> I, I, I scrapped that idea. <laughs> probably probably good, good that you did scrap that idea, yeah. yeah, yeah Where's yeah, our scaffolding cool. at? We left it up there. Okay. That could have been bad. No, I, I did, John, and let, I'll, yeah. I'll get to that. I will get okay. to that. Okay, all right, again. all right, all right. But yes. Didn't want I, to spoil the surprise. Yeah. I gave uh, them a weird gift again, and they're going to find years down the road and wonder why do i have this in my sock what's this Um, yeah okay so let's read verses uh, one through three 
Josiah was eight years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 31 years in Jerusalem. And he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord and walked in the ways of David his father. And he did not turn aside to the right hand or the left. For the eighth year of his reign, while he was yet a boy, he began to seek the God of David his father. And in the twelfth year, he began to purge Judah and Jerusalem of the high places, the Asherim and the carved and metal images. All right, good, thanks. So he's eight years old when he begins to reign. That's pretty remarkable. Yeah. Uh, in his eighth year of his reign, he, he's seeking the Lord, so he's only 16. And then in his 12th year, he's only 20, he begins to purge the land of these high places, this idol worship. Um, so again, in Judah's history, we've got good kings, we've got bad kings, we've got ones that follow the Lord, some that don't. Josiah is among those, those faithful kings uh, that follows the Lord, and we see that already. So he's already purging the land, but his bigger project, is going to be to clean up, restore the temple. So let's uh, let's continue on. Let's read verses 8 through 11. Now in the 18th year of his reign, when he had cleansed the land and the house, he sent Shaphan, the son of Azaliah, and Messiah, the governor of the city, and Joah, the son of Johaz, the recorder, to repair the house of the Lord his God. They came to Hilkiah, the high priest, and gave him the money that had been brought into the house of God, which the Levites, the keepers of the threshold, had collected from Manasseh and Ephraim and from all the remnant of Israel and from all of Judah and Benjamin and from the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And they gave it to the workmen who were working in the house of the Lord. And the workmen who were working in the house of the Lord gave it for repairing and restoring the house. They gave it to the carpenters and builders to buy quarried stone and timber for binders and beams for the buildings that the kings of Judah had let go to ruin. Yeah, so here it is again. Here's the problem. The kings of Judah had just let it go to ruin. <laughs> they just neglected the house of the Lord. And you have that description about the beauty of the temple and uh, all the detail about the, the, the gold and uh, the ornamentation and uh, Solomon's completing of that project. And here it is just gone into ruin. And so money is collected and then it's used to pay the workmen. So it's kind of like this capital campaign, which <laughs> I am all too familiar with, John. Oh, yeah. Doing these yeah. Projects. And I know you uh, as pastors, that's what we do sometimes is raise money for mission and ministry and and for restoration projects. And uh, that that's happening here, too. Uh, money is collected. It's given to the workmen. The work begins. And, so, and, and, and I just think that's neat, too, Matt, because, you know, we, we got to remember the church is also an earthly institution. It has earthly buildings. And, and I know the church isn't all about money, but you do need money. <laughs> That's true, too. So sometimes we have to have collections and special offerings to get things done that need to be done. Yeah. And the, yes, you do. And the money that we have is, is a blessing from God. And more than that, it still is God's. Even though it might be in our pocket or in our bank account, it's still the Lord's. <laughs> it's still from yeah. him. And so to use that to his glory and his honor uh, when the Lord has need of it. Uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. And we can talk more about that. But uh, but yeah, I think to just to recognize, no, that's that's a good and, and God-pleasing thing um, to give certainly to, to proclaiming the word, but also to, to give to the, the Lord's house and for it to be restored uh, as it is here in the temple. So as that's taking place, here's, here's kind of the, the big thing that happens during the restoration there in, uh, verse, in verse 14. Um, first of all, John, <laughs> one of our, our members keep poking their heads in the sanctuary to see that what's going on. So oh, sure. I, I would too. During the week yeah. and checking it out and, you know, and we're able to still worship there. So one of one of our members pokes their head in and says, uh, 
Pastor, have you found any loose stones in there with, you know, like uh. a lot of cash behind it or something? <laughs> um, you know, so, so no, but I promised them if we found any, I would tell the congregation. <laughs> Honestly, I would. <laughs> Um, but no, no, no wads of cast, no bars of gold yet. All right. Because of course we, we know that's what pastors do. When pe when we come into the church to prepare our sermons, we're stashing cash because <laughs> <laughs> we don't trust banks, you know, and we can't put it in our mattresses. So we stash it in the bricks or the blocks of the church. Yeah. So right now people are probably tearing down my old church, <laughs> looking for all the money I stashed in there. Looted the church. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hammers and chisels. Um, <laughs> That's right. Oh boy, but but I, I just bring that up because um, here in this restoration project of the temple, a treasure is found. It is, yes. and this treasure that's discovered, it is more precious than a wad of cash. It's more precious than bricks of gold uh, or anything that John or I would ever hide anywhere. This is <laughs> this is precious. So here, verse fourteen. If you could read that verse. All right, so I will confess, I actually did stick some gum underneath one of the pews. <laughs> but that's it, and nothing that's else. <laughs> While they were bringing out the money that had been brought into the house of the Lord, Hilkiah the priest found the book of the law of the Lord given through Moses. Then Hilkiah answered and said to Shaven the secretary, Oh, yeah, well, I have... up. Oh, oh, okay, okay. All right. Okay, so yeah, so I mean, this is the discovery, yeah. right? This is a big deal. Uh, while they're doing this uh, restoration project, the Hilkiah, the priest, he finds this book of the law of the Lord. It was given through Moses, that Moses wrote. Now, so this is incredible. So this book of the law of the Lord, it, it's it's certainly at least the book of Deuteronomy, but even more, it could be the entire, what we call Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible that Moses wrote. Uh, so, I mean, this is a big find. And, you know, we think about this, that it got to the point where people had forgotten the word of the Lord, and it was literally, the written word at least, was literally lost. <laughs> you know, it's rediscovered. The people, the king, don't know these words. It's incredible. And so they make this discovery, this beautiful find in the midst of their restoration. And, so, and, and you know, I, to just remind people, by the way, it's, it's not like it is today where, where we have printing presses and, you know, millions of Bibles are printed off. And, and some churches actually have Bibles in every pew for people to read. Uh, you know, what, what we have, we have the, the uh, uh, what am I trying to say here, Matt? <laughs> the, the, the scrolls. We got the scrolls. Yeah, 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 and, sure. and you might only, and, and they, yeah, you know, so there's not a lot of them around. But to think that they'd even forgot that they had these things, that that is remarkable. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. You know, that's just the depravity, how bad things have gotten. Uh, so what's the king's reaction? Just read verse 19, if you could, John. We'll just read that one verse. Okay. And the king, and when the king heard the words of the law, he tore his clothes. So yeah, Josiah, this faithful king, when he hears these words, he tears his clothes because he realizes they have not been following the words yeah. of the law of the Lord. Um, yeah, so he tears his clothes, but then he does something about it. So to wrap up this account, if you could read um, verse 29 through 31, if you could. All right, give me a chance to scroll down because I'm reading my word of God on a computer of all Different things. Different kind of scroll. 
Yeah. Then the king sent and gathered together all the elders of Judah and Jerusalem, and the king went up to the house of the Lord with all the men of Judah and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem and the priests and the Levites, all the people, both great and small. And he read in their hearing all the words of the book of the covenant that had been found in the house of the Lord. Yeah. So in that song, so he gathers all the people, and I love that, both great and small, <laughs> and he reads the words. Uh, so in the end, it's not just that restoration of the temple that's important. There's a greater restoration. It's the restoration that takes place now for king and people through the word of the Lord. Uh, it's not just uh, a restoration that's done with hammer and chisel and paintbrush, but it's done through the word of the Lord. And it doesn't just restore wood and stone. It restores souls and bodies and hearts. And that's exactly what's taking place here. And I think that causes us to think about, well, our, our own lives, right? You know, do we need restoring? And not just here at Ascension as a building, right? But Ascension as a people, us as individuals, do we need restoring? Are we broken? Uh, are we um, worn out? Uh, and the answer is yes. And, and ultimately, it's, it's because of sin. Uh, that's the source of our brokenness. Uh, no, whether we're 80 years old or 40 years old or uh, 20 years old, whatever the case is, we're broken too. We need that restoring, no doubt about it. And I think the beautiful thing is we have that word of the Lord today so readily available, like you share, John, and here in KFO certainly too, that that master restorer, of course, is Jesus Christ. Uh, and he doesn't restore with uh, things like paintbrush or chisels, but he restores with things like, like nails and wood, though, nonetheless, and blood on Good Friday. Uh, he restores with stone, but it's the, the empty stone of the tomb. It is resurrection from the dead. Uh, he restores with things like water and word and bread and wine and confession and absolution every time we come to his house. Uh, so that restoring that takes place, uh, the greater restoring than any renovation project or restoration project on a building is what happens within that building, uh, what happens uh, through the restoration work that, that we don't do, uh, but that Jesus Christ does, uh, that he works through us. Uh, that's the greater restoration. And of course, what we're all waiting to hear, Matt, is so what did you give? What did you give your confirmants this year? Oh, yeah. So good. Yeah. Thanks, John. Um, so what I gave them um, was a, a paintbrush, right? Ah, now, with cool. The, so that's kind of cool. You know, why, why have a yep. paintbrush from Pastor? Um, <laughs> but, but again, that, that rest restoring, you know, hopefully remember the, the scaffolding and the excitement of restoring our sanctuary. That's pretty cool. But even greater uh, was what was written on that paintbrush. And what I wrote on there wasn't the words from Second Chronicles, but from First Peter. First uh, Peter 5, verse 10, where, where it says this. Uh, After you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself, and here's three things, restore, confirm, and strengthen you. Uh, so God in Christ will restore, confirm, and strengthen you. Uh, I think it's just a beautiful reminder to our confirmants, uh, but hopefully to, to everyone assembled there and to our listeners today, that again, God still restores today. Uh, and again, the tools that he uses to do that are ones that, <laughs> they're unique, unique to his style of restoring. And again, we think of word and sacrament, the tools that he uses to restore us still today. Well, I was just going to... So go, you go ahead. You go ahead. <laughs> well, no, I'm just going to say, so, so, so the church is not about the building because uh, what really 
restores in the church isn't the building, but it is, like you said, it's the word of God. And what a beautiful passage. Restores, confirms, and strengthens, right? Those are the three words. Now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and yet, on the other hand, it's such, it is such a wonderful thing to have the word of the Lord. We want to have a nice building to go with it, too, yeah. as according to what, uh, you know, God has given us with. So the key thing is the word, but to have a, a proper setting for that word, yeah, that's something we would all desire, too. Yeah, amen. And so when we look at those past conversations, confirmation pictures of our confirmation classes. All of them have that uh, chancel in the background. Uh, you know, really what matters isn't what that chancel looks like in the background, uh, whether it's shiny and new or whether it's old and a little little worn, maybe. That doesn't matter. What matters is what happens in that space. Again, word and sacrament, God restoring in Jesus Christ. And what matters is those those confirmants in the foreground, the people, <laughs> those young people and all people that God works uh, his restoring and confirming and strengthening in uh, through Jesus Christ, uh, the master restorer uh, for each one of us. Thank you, Matt. This has been Wrestling, Wrestling with, with the Basics. The basics.